1: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
2: Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Wynne Pace, uh, who is an investment counselor. I runs her own newsletter. She's done several books uh, to help people with their investments. Welcome to the show, Natalie.
3: Hi, Jordan. How are you?
2: Let's just start a little bit with your background um, and uh, kind of what you do for your newsletter uh, subscribers and the people who read your books.
3: Thank you. Well, yeah, my background is I'm a complete Wall Street outsider. I was just a Main Street mom. And in 1999, I noticed that NASDAQ had been running on no earnings for five years, and I thought the new economy was, uh, was just a bunch of crappy words. And um, so I moved my money into the sidelines, which was the top-performing asset of 2,000 cash. And from there, went on to double, uh, almost triple my money, actually, in 2001 in the stock market. And by 2002, all my girlfriends came to me asking me to teach them what I know.
2: And so tell us about the newsletter that you put out now and, and what kind of things people can find in there.
3: Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, for the last uh so now, now the last 12 years I've been publishing a newsletter and it features my um, market updates as well as hot um what I call hot tips on cool stocks, so ongoing news about uh companies you might be interested in investing in. We specialize in green and we also have contributions from some pretty high-level talent, uh Nobel prize winning economists or regular contributors to the paper. I featured Sandra Day O'Connor, I featured a number of uh, CEOs, both in China and the U.S. So it's pretty fun.
2: You've come out with a book recently uh, called You Versus Wall Street. Before we get into some of the details of that, why should people be against Wall Street? Why is it the little guy against Wall Street? Why can't Wall Street be on their side helping them out?
3: Well, they can, and that's really the theme of the book, is that What a lot of people don't understand is that Main Street actually owns Wall Street. So, you know, all of the both as taxpayers but also as investors. So, a lot of people are blindly checking off boxes in their 401k. And what they really don't know is that that is actually selecting ownership in which companies you want to own on Wall Street. Since over 10% of the Dow Jones Industrial Average was bailed out in 2008, it really pays to know what you own. And that's the theme of the book. Is take ownership of Wall Street. You own Wall Street. Let's take ownership. Invest in the companies that you want to succeed, that you actually buy products from, and you will get rich and you will also enrich the world.
2: Now, there's been obviously a lot of uh, concern about Wall Street and, and uh, c- protests about bailing out uh, Wall Street and talk about financial reforming Wall Street in various ways, separating investment banking from commercial banking. Uh, what has been the impact of all this kind of controversy over you know, the individual's relationship to Wall Street?
3: Well, that's what I think is key. Is I think that individuals understand instinctively that they need to know more. And the cool thing here is that you can know more. The Internet opens up the entire universe for you. And the fact of the matter is that 95% of the companies on Wall Street are actually run very well. So if you know how to discern the difference between the potential bailouts versus those that are going to be the Googles of tomorrow, then not only do you get rich, but you, by ta- by simply by taking ownership, by knowing what you own in your 401k, your annuity, your IRAs, simply by knowing what you own, you can shift that. Because I'll tell you what, the fastest reform that could occur is that people would refuse to invest in build-out banks. They would refuse, refuse to become customers of build-out banks. They would go flocking to the community banks, and then we would get see a lot of very rapid shifts. Because I tell you what, CEOs respond a lot to investor de, malaise. When let, investors do not like their company, they'll work pretty hard to make you like them again.
2: You talk in the book and in your other newsletters about uh, individual stocks versus exchange-traded funds, ETFs. Tell us the pros and cons of doing individual stocks the way you pick them versus ETFs.
3: Well, actually, I teach both. And in my retreats, the morning is what we call nest eggs, and the afternoons are what we call stocks on steroids. And it's really important to know how both of these strategies can work for you and whether or not they're right for you. I'd say nest egg and ETF strategies that's something everybody should do because even if you were flipping burgers, if you were investing 10% of your income every year, you'd be a millionaire by the time you want to retire because the markets on average still earn 10%. Now, in order to get that 10% annualized, you have to do what I call the the new uh, nest egg strategies. You can't just buy and hold, but they are simple, and they're easy as a pie chart, and they do incorporate the ETF.
2: So, say for somebody is around 50 or so, what yeah. kind of diversification would you suggest in a nest egg?
3: Well, the, the, this is such an easy formula. So, always keep a percent equal to your age safe. That's number one. So, if you're 50, 50% needs to be in treasury bills and bonds, etc.
2: Even though and you're earning we, almost nothing on it today?
3: That, well, that's not true. If you look at the 10-year averages, bonds were actually earning a lot more than stocks over the last 10 years. I'm looking at a, uh, at the data that was provided by Morningstar, and corporate and government bonds over the last 10 years averaged almost 8% annualized. So it, even though it, a lot of people already own bonds, you just want to be overweighting into there. So if you start taking a look at all of your assets and you divide it up and put all your bonds and your treasury bills and your savings, etc on half side, and the other half, you have that. Um, uh, cut up into ten slices of the pie. Now, here's the cool thing: a lot of people think, "Oh, well, they aren't sure what the markets did last year." Nasdaq did 41 percent annualized last year alone. The Dow was only at 14. So, if you have slices of the pie, and there is a big difference between the Dow Jones Industrial Average and Nasdaq these days. And again, I don't want to confuse your readers or them to go throw their hands up in the air and say it's too difficult. I take, uh, you know, this book outlines these strategies. So if you're a self-starter, you can do it just by reading the book. If you need a little help, a lot of people will come to a retreat, and within three days, they learn how to do this nest egg strategy, and they also learn the stocks on steroids, too.
2: Just tell us a little bit about your retreats. Do you have one coming up, and and how can people find out more and what happens at those retreats?
3: Yeah, so basically we have three days in a boardroom, and um, this particular retreat that's coming up, sometimes I do larger ones where there's a 100 people and I have a lot of volunteers helping us. This particular one that's coming up April 1 through the 3rd is uh, me in a boardroom with two volunteers. So you get one-on-one access. You bring your computer. You bring your existing um, IRA, 401k, etc. And we show you how to look up what you own, and we show you how to diversify and look up ETFs that you might want to own. We also teach you annual rebalancing strategies. And believe it or not, we even added options trading to the retreat so people could learn about that as well.
2: Okay. Uh, And just, again, give people the details if you wanted to find out more about your retreat and how to uh, sign up for it.
3: Yeah. So you can just go to nataliepace.com and click through to the homepage. Once you get onto the website... You'll see a big banner ad that says you lost more in 2008 than most people earn in a lifetime. Why not spend a portion of that learning how to invest? And click on that, and that tells you more about the retreat. You can call us at 866-476-7442. Again, 866-476-7442. Or email info at nataliepace.com, and we'll provide you with details as well.
2: Okay, great. Let's go into the the pie slices. As you say, you have 50% if you're 50 or so in safe things like treasury bills and CDs and so on. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what the other pie slices should be in and and how much should you have in each in the non-safe part of the portfolio?
3: Now, this is what I think about nest eggs. It should be money while you sleep. So that means it has to be easy and it has to be low maintenance. So That's the intention of this, is to not make it difficult and not make it math intensive or time intensive. So basically, if you're 50 and you have 50% in bonds and T-bills and all of that, the other 50% has, you have 10 slices. So that's 5% per slice. And it's easy. You want to have small, medium, and large cap value and growth. That takes up six slices. And then you want to have four hot industries. That takes up the other four. So let's say gold was another really good performer last year, it earned 23%. So let's say that in your big cap, your big cap growth was NASDAQ a Nasdaq a index and your big cap value was a Dow Jones Industrial Index, you would have earned 41% in NASDAQ in that slice of the pie and on your gold, the hot industry, if it was gold, you would have earned over 23% on that one. So. Every year, once a year, you just look at your pie chart and those slices that have swollen up to become half or a quarter of your nest egg, you actually capture those gains and just rebalance it and make it look like what it's supposed to look. One time a year, if you did that, you would be very rich today. If you are just buying and holding, then you might have lost money over the last 10 years because the S&P did lose money over the last 10 years. It was down almost 1% per year.
2: So rebalancing, you're saying in January, you take a look, and the ones that have done well, you sell some, and the ones that have not done as well, you put more money into them. Is that right?
3: You might be, yeah. But also, what's even more important is that you are making sure that you have enough space. Because, you know, the bondholders have a better seat at the table um, of distressed companies than stockholders that usually get the shaft.
2: Yeah, I mean the thing about bonds today is that you have very low yields and you, know, you were talking about these returns of 8% or so over the last 10 years. That's when rates were falling. And you had rates much higher 10 years ago than today. It seems hard to believe you're going to get that going forward with rates at such low levels today that chances well, of the rates are going to go not up on We're not talking about
3: people running out and buying 50% worth of bonds right now. People actually have existing portfolios. So hopefully people have some bonds in their portfolio. And if you're looking to buy bonds today, then you do need to look at the yield and this and that. Now, I'll tell you a little tip, because I happen to have Muriel Siebert in um, uh, in my chat room a couple of months ago, and she gave me a fantastic tip. The first thing, obviously, if you're getting a low yield, like a 4 or 5% yield right now, you want a shorter maturity, because that bond is not going to be worth much when interest rates rise. However, the other thing, too, if you're worried about default go for basic needs. So Muriel Siebert, who does almost half a trillion in bonds in the bond business over her um, legacy, told us why not look at water bonds or bonds that are secured by people paying their water bills. So there are certain tricks that you can use. And what I would recommend for any of your listeners is, you know, of course, you can come to nataliepace.com and you can join us for free for 30 days and have access to all the cutting-edge information because we want to give you the experts, and Jordan, we should probably have you on there, too, with your new debt book. We'd like to bring in the experts. I'm like the Larry King here. I don't think I'm the big genius on the planet, but I know a lot of really smart people, and we want to put those in, make it uh, accessible to everybody that needs this information, and make it kind of fun, too, you know?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, In your portfolio, you use ETFs, exchange-traded funds, instead of uh, no-load mutual funds, And, and why would you do that?
3: Well, if you can find a mutual fund that has the qualifications that we're talking about. So let's say, uh, in fact, at the retreat, what people are doing is they're looking for exactly what they want. So let's say, for instance, that you're a greenie and you were looking for a big cap value fund. It could be a mutual fund. It could be an exchange-traded fund. But you're looking in particular and you want it to be green. Okay, so you can actually click one click on your computer and see what the top 25 holdings are. So what you want to be doing is taking ownership, right? If you're a greenie and you don't want to be funding something that's polluting the environment in your mind, then you want to be taking ownership and holding, um, you know, maybe Apple and Google as your biggest components versus maybe ExxonMobil. So. That's what we're teaching here is to take ownership. I'm not going to define for a person what they should be investing in. What I'm saying is that it's very easy for you to take ownership and also to profit from it because if you weren't invested in the companies you weren't buying products from, chances are you wouldn't have been participating in the bailouts as well.
2: Okay, we're going to go to a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Winpace, uh, who's come out with a new book called You versus Wall Street. Uh, She also has a website, NataliePace.com, which has lots of good ideas. We'll get to some of those stocks on steroids after the break. We'll be back after this.
4: Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network.
1: both their products and services are invited to become members of the money answers network the public can sign up for membership in the money answers network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources to learn more visit www.moneyanswers.com get ahead with money answers
4: are you ready to go green you've asked and we've heard you voice america presents the green talk network
0: Together with my dear friend, Dr. Howard Piper, we are hosting our own show called Kiss Your Life Hello. We are two internationally recognized experts, researchers, authors, and health advocates in holistic medicine and counseling. We promise you a fantastic show with interesting guest experts to educate and entertain you with the latest information on mind, body, and spirit wellness. Join us on Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific and 10 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness channel. See you there.
2: uh, who has a website nataliepace.com? Well-known stock picker. She has a uh, does uh, seminars, does books, all kinds of things. Uh, welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thank you. We talked about the nest egg side, which is the kind of safer side. Now let's talk about uh, the stocks on steroids, as you call. First of all, how do you go about picking uh, these stocks on steroids, and what has your record been?
3: Well, actually, in uh, the last two years, which as you know were pretty rough, we'd had up to 92% uh winners. Right now I'm standing at eighty six percent winners. So that's pretty awesome. And you can make certainly make a lot of money there. But we have uh some tried and true tips that I've been developing over the last twelve years. Do you want me to share a few of them with sure. your your, your yes. listeners? Okay. So the first thing is it's called an investment recipe. So what I say is number it's three ingredients, very simple, and I think people should write it on an index card and staple it to their forehead or something. Um, first thing is stick with what you know and love and the reason I add and love I know that Peter Lynch and Warren Buffett would say stick with what you know but I say you should care about it because you'll know how to value it more like some people will think they know about this or that but if they don't really care about it they may not know how to price it well the second thing is pick the leader so if you think that you know about coffee don't assume that Starbucks is going to be the leader in the future you know it might be Pete's coffee it might be um, Green Mountain coffee you want, to, you want to have a, a method of really evaluating which one is poised to be the leader in the future, and that's where I can be really helpful. And then number three is buy low, sell high. And people will say, oh, duh, but it's easy to say it's very hard to do. As people know right now, anybody would think, oh, well, now would be a great time to buy real estate. You get $8,000 free from Obama, but uh, most of the real estate out there, people are actually in foreclosure, losing their homes, their debt's too high, et cetera. So a lot of times when the buying opportunities are at their peak, it's when people are most in distress and having a hard time buying. So that's the key here is to learn how to uh, have such a healthy relationship with your investments and have them diversified over assets and within assets as well so that you have that liquidity to be able to buy low and you have that sanity to be able to sell high.
2: And what are some of the financials you look for in your stocks and steroids?
3: Now this is kind of cool because um, what we do with the Stocks on Steroids, and again, this now we're going zeroing in on ingredient number two, which is the Leader. So there are two tools that I use. The first tool is what I call a stock report card. It's very simple. I trademarked it, but it's really simple. It's just lining up the competition and a number of the uh, fundamentals and the technicals of that uh, company. So you're not just looking at Starbucks again. You would be looking at Starbucks, Pete's Coffee, and Green Mountain Coffee next to one another. You're going to look at their earnings growth and their debt. You're going to look at their 52-week high and 52-week low as well as their uh, P.E. ratio. So, um, And I'm going to show you how to get this information off the earnings reports again, with one click and a power search. So uh, it takes less time to put together a stock report card on three companies than it does to read one article and then the other tip, can I share one more with you? And then
2: just so I understand on the report card once you have these three competitors lined up how do you pick which is the one you want to do because sometimes one will be leading, sometimes the other will be leading, they're not always going to be one company perfect in all the areas I would assume.
3: Well oddly enough there usually is one that's really standing out now that one may not be at the price you want to buy it yet but if it's the leader then you put it on your shopping list and you wait for the price you want to pay for it. Now, here's the other cool thing. Because to interpret the stock report card, I have four easy questions, and these are uh, actually um, in the chapter "Hitch Your Wagon to a Star" from *You Versus Wall Street*. So, so you know, if you're frantically writing right now, it's probably cheaper for you to go to Amazon and spend 11 bucks on *You Versus Wall Street*. So if you just go to nataliepaste.com, there's a link there, and you can go buy it off your favorite e-teller e-tail, or retailer. But anyway, the four questions are simple, and it's this. Four, three out of four questions actually can be answered as the consumer, but the stock report card will help you. So the first question is you have to really take it down to basics. What's the product? The second question is who buys the product? The third question is why in the world do people like that product better and, and, and at that price and how are they able to deliver it to their customer? Now here's key. If you have a company like Toyota that's winning in 2004 that won a car of the year and it has this hybrid and people really love it and then you have its competitors General Motors and Ford and they have, you know, 70, maybe upwards of 70 billion in debt. Then and and Toyota has maybe, you know, I don't know, not much at all, maybe half its market cap in debt, then you know that Toyota has an easier time innovating and getting its product to the masses. General Motors and Ford were really mired in debt, and they've really had a problem for the last five years, not just recently. Ford's done a much better job. But these kind of things are visible in the numbers, but they're also easier to understand in the fundamentals. The last question is who's the CEO, because as you know, the CEO is the soul of the company, and that person can motivate the employees to make the best product faster and cheaper, or sometimes they are, you know, even if they're a nice person and a great um, executive, they might be in negotiations all day long with their debtors.
2: So if they have debtors, it's not going to be good. So you're saying you do these different pieces, and then you kind of check off you know, who of the competitors are doing better in each of the different areas and then you kind of come up with an overall score for each of the three companies and it makes clear which one to go with. Is that the idea?
3: If And if it's not clear, then it's probable that this is a low-growth industry. For instance, you when you line up the numbers of like an, um, three grocery stores, right, their profit margins are about 3 to 5 percent and there is really not a Great growth earners so that's kind of cool I love this question because when you look at a stock report card on three companies and it doesn't you don't see a clear winner chances are that's not a good candidate for a stock on steroid because ideally with the stock on steroid with the individual company the investment that you're making there is on something that has a great the greatest potential for return and that means that it's got strong earnings growth It's not um, drowning in debt. It's uh, a popular product, and it's innovating. It's leading its uh, industry in innovations. You know, when I say all those things, all of a sudden, you're going to be thinking more Apple, Google, and maybe even lithium um, mining than you would be thinking of, you know, some of the older school companies that might be out there or especially older grocery stores, et cetera, that have been around for 100
2: years. Last year, in 2009, the stocks that did the best were the ones that were the weakest. <laughs> the the uh, Financially, you know, had, had a lot of debt. All the companies that were in the worst shape uh, seemed to sh- shoot up the most, and the old traditional ones with high dividends didn't do as well as all. It's,
3: not really. When you look at 41% returns in NASDAQ versus 15 in the Dow, not really. The hottest ones, like Google and Apple, the ones that really were rocket ships, almost have no debt. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, here's another tip, by the way, if a company was founded before 1980 versus a company that was founded after 1980, chances are that they have fewer debt and obligations. So there are some things, and again, these are, do you, do you hear what we're saying here is that most people are not going to be cut out for stock fund steroids. You should not just be going, oh, a hot tip. then just buying that company if you really want to purchase an individual company and you are passionate about it then learn how to do it well and you know here's the system that we have that works and it's not hard it's really not hard it takes less time than reading an article and then three out of four questions that I'm going to ask you to ask about it you can answer as a consumer and the fourth question about getting to know the CEO you know, hey, everybody knows how to do a Google Power Search these days. It's not that hard to find speeches, even uh, on YouTube. You know, you can Google uh, Steve Jobs and see a number of the speeches he's done visually, not just read the transcript.
2: And what are you actually looking for in evaluating a CEO as to whether you want to go with that company or not?
3: Well, let me tell you, there was one one time back in 2004 when I was really, it's right at the time when copper was getting ready to triple. And I was looking at Rio Tinto and a company called Phelps Dodge, which has now been eaten up by uh, Report McMorin. But at the time, the two of them looked great on paper. The stock report card was almost equal. So I asked my three out of four questions, and I thought they're running neck and neck. And then I Googled and I looked at the transcripts from the latest shareholders' report from Phelps Dodge versus Rio Tinto. And one of them was saying, oh, my goodness, we've just been through 10 years and we had to take on massive debt and da-da-da. And even though, you know, copper prices are poised to triple and they've already gone up, you know, we're still in bad trouble and we got to renegotiate our debt. And the other CEO said, well, you know, it was a really t- challenging 10 years. But what we did is we liquidated all of our non-performing assets and some in the more volatile regions. And we focused we focused our energies on some of the freer countries where we were really able to do what we needed to do, and so we're sitting great. See what I'm saying?
2: Which one was which? <laughs> uh,
3: well, Rio Tinto, and it went on to triple.
2: <laughs> I see. And Phelps Dodge got taken over, so that wasn't so bad either, actually.
3: <laughs> no, both of them did well, but Rio Tinto was a super-duper performer. And again, you're just trying to up your odds that the, that the call that you make is the one is the right one. Yep. The call we made, and the really cool thing here, the call we made was copper as a hot industry. So the other right answer could be in your nest egg, a slice of that pie in 2004 should absolutely have been commodities.
2: Yes. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Natalie Wynn-Pace, uh, who's the author of a new book called You Versus Wall Street. Uh, her website is Nataliepace.com. All kinds of good information on there. We'll be back after this.
0: Journey into the realm of spirit, the source of all things. Master fear in these tumultuous times and learn ancient ways to abundant love and healing. Why shamanism now? A practical path to authenticity will awaken the unique genius within you host christina pratt challenges you to initiate your innate powers within to gain health well-being and joy through the practices of last mask center for shamanic healing tune in each week to why shamanism now wednesdays at 2 p.m pacific 5 p.m eastern on seventh wave network
4: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network
1: You've been listening to the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: The show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace, uh, who's got a new book out called You Versus Wall Street, uh, which is published by Perseus Books. Uh, she also has a website, natalepace.com. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Hi. Hi. Um, Let's just talk for a moment again about your uh, upcoming uh, uh, retreat you have and and what's available there and how people can find out more about that.
3: Great. Well, the retreat is a three-day retreat. It's really cool because it's in a boardroom. You know, I often do retreats that have 100 people, and I have on a stage and a bunch of volunteers helping. This one is just me in a boardroom with 12 people. I have two volunteers. It's three full days. You'll learn nest egg strategies so that you can make money while you sleep. Your nest egg will be a healthy blueprint. You'll learn how to, it'll work for the rest of your life, and you'll learn how to rebalance it annually so that you can ca- see and capture your gains. And then we also learn stocks on steroids. So anybody who is indi- uh, interested in individual stocks, that's cool. The other cool thing about it, as we were talking about on the last segment, is that sometimes you actually are identifying a hot industry. And that can even be a slice of the pie of your nest egg. So having these strategies, you may know more than your broker at the end of three days. And a lot of people actually bring their brokers. I have trained hedge fund managers. I've trained options traders. So these strategies—I um, don't know if you know this. Did you know that Dr. Gary Becker, the Nobel Prize-winning economist, wrote the preface to the book?
2: Yes, that's right. Uh huh.
3: Yeah, it's it, these are easy strategies. That's why he signed on to them. He said, "Look, everybody, these are simple strategies." that a lot of people get wrong, and that's why he wrote the preface to the book.
2: So let's, you, you pick uh, one stock a month that you basically want to um, concentrate on. So we feature ta- one, yeah. One major mm-hmm. one. So why don't you talk about some of the recent picks you you've have, you've um, even if they're not familiar to people, and, and why you picked them, kind of the process as well as some of the story behind some of your favorite stocks now.
3: Okay, great. Well, you know, everybody should know up front, I'm a greenie. I, you know, I don't care whether or not we are having climate, uh, climate change. I'm not involved in that debate. But I do think that, that um, cleaning up the world is a noble thing. So I, I do focus on cleaner energy things. And one of the things that I really love, I've driven electric cars, and they just knock my socks off. And, you know, you can actually power them by sunlight and it's just incredible what you can do with these cars. But what they're doing is they're making batteries now out of lithium instead of the old um, acid ones. And lithium has become a hot commodity. Now, it's in great uh, supply in certain areas of the world like Australia, Argentina, and Chile. But it's just now coming into favor, and actually, lithium-ion batteries are powering your your computers as well. So this is an emerging industry. Remember how we were talking about in the, um, in the nest egg how you want to have four hot industries? Well, this could be a slice of your pie, just the lithium um, manufacturing. So that was featured because, of course, this month I had to talk about Toyota. We were looking into it, and can Toyota survive? And da da da. And uh, you know that led us down this. Path of reasoning. Look, the real winner here is going to be lithium manufacturing.
2: And so what are some of the companies that would be benefiting from that?
3: Well, there are four companies that are on that stock report card. So again, um, your listeners can actually sign up for 30 days free at Nataliepace.com. Just go to Natalie You'll see the splash page where you can buy the book. If you click through to the website, join now, 30 days free. And just read the Toyota article. You can access the stock report card there. So there are four companies that I was looking at, and um, the one is called Sociodad de Chimica y Minera, and that's out based out of Chile, but it's trading on the New York Stock Exchange under the symbol SQM. Another one was um, FMC Corporation. That's based out of the United States and trading on the New York Stock Exchange. And that symbol is FMC. Now, there are two other companies that were listed in the stock report card. And these two are based out of Australia. And they're traded on the Australian Stock Exchange. And here, they're traded off the board. So they get a little riskier when you're looking at something that's traded off the boards. I'm just going to forewarn you on that because the volume tends to be lower. But um, once people get the memo on these, they can pop. So it's a high, much higher risk to go with the Australian companies. But there were two companies there that I was actually quite interested
2: in. So you, and you think one because is, of electric cars that that's going to mean long term more demand for lithium because that's going to keep uh, growing? Is that what you're saying?
3: Well, not just electric cars. It's also for the batteries are becoming lithium ion batteries. So we're looking at. Um, it's not just the electric cars. So Galaxy Resources is one based out of Australia, and the other one is called Oro Cobre, and that's the one that um, is going to be powering the Toyota cars. Galaxy Resources has some deals with China. Um, so those two are kind of interesting. So we you're saying it's more than electric cars, it's
2: up. also hybrid cars, right?
3: Yes, even the hybrids are going to the lithium-ion batteries as well. So that- this is expected. I mean, we have seen, let's say, for instance, Socio uh, Chemica e Minera. I actually mentioned this company on CNBC a year ago when it was trading at $22, and it went all the way up to $44. So it doubled in that time period it's trading again um, in the $36 range. So this is a company that you wouldn't necessarily buy right now if you were buying an individual stock, but you might put it on your stock shopping list, and if it ever goes down in the $22 range, you might consider buying it then. Or you could, again, think about a basket of these companies that might be part of your nesting.
2: So in addition to lithium, uh, you've always been a big advocate of solar power. Uh, do you have some companies you like uh, playing the trend towards solar?
3: Yeah, and in fact, on my hot news list right now is a company called SunPower, and they are amazing. Look, uh, there are two major leaders in the solar uh, panel manufacturers, SunPower in the U.S. and SunTech in China. And they're both really awesome companies, and they both specialize differently. Now, SunPower has very efficient panels, and they have been winning all of the solar decathlons for the last almost decade. So that's something to look at. Again, you want to make sure that the price you're looking at is right. So they're on my hot news list, but they may not be highlighted, which means that I want you to look for a price that you like better.
2: And then, um, so that's, those are your two favorites in solar. How about some of the other green energy, like uh, biofuels? Are there some plays there?
3: You know, I'm not as big of a fan of biofuels in the United States. I think it makes a lot of sense in uh, Brazil. You know where they're using the sugarcane because that's a higher efficiency thing. But in the U.S., I'm not I'm not convinced that that's the best solution. It seems like they're, you know, in the in the U.S. we have such a big diverse um, topography that it's actually the energy demands for each state might be different. But in general, I haven't seen a compelling case that biofuels um, actually you know reduce the footprint. It seems like that you know with the trucking involved etc. that there has been a lot of problem making the case that they actually reduce the carbon footprint.
2: about some other areas of clean energy like geothermal comes to mind? Are there some plays on that?
3: Well, I'm not familiar with the best in that, but if you're in an area where geothermal makes sense, like the uh, in the northern part of the United States, you know, again, read the, that chapter, Hit Your Wagon to a Star, and make sure that you're really lining up the numbers and that you can answer those four questions on it. It's not My area of expertise. Unfortunately, I'm a Southern California girl, so you're going to see me electric car, solar panel centric.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Now, President Obama is putting a lot of emphasis on green jobs and green energy and research and development and all that. What are some ways uh, to play all the money that's going into it from from his uh, stimulus program? You
3: know, uh, definitely just to go for a clean energy ETF or mutual fund. So look at your favorites. Um, There's uh, powershares.com has a couple of them, one clean technology and one clean energy fund. So that's one way to do it. I know that this is very popular. I think your um, listeners should just be aware that, you know, you want to go with a top uh, exchange-traded fund or a top mutual fund provider. You don't want to go with someone that's, you know, fly-by-night. Hi, I just became greenetf.com, you know, don't do that.
2: And how about uh, water? You were mentioning that water is an area where there's going to be shortages and needs for that. Others, How would you play uh, water shortages?
3: Well, I think I go with Muriel Siebert at this point. You know, if you're in need of expanding your bond portfolio, you do have to be very careful. So if I were looking, I would probably be looking at a short-term bond, a um, muni bond, hopefully tax-free, that was going to be uh, the revenues were paid by water bills I think that's a good way to do that again you're going to be looking at four to five percent with the two or three year maturity but they're out there you know
2: okay so anything else before we move on to other areas in the energy uh, you know green technology world that you, you like
3: well I think it should be a slice of the pie this year you know it was I think um, what a lot of people don't realize is that in 2007 clean energy was the top performer it earned almost 60 cents on the dollar. That was on, almost double the second number two performer, which was oil. So, a lot of people thought oil, because gas prices were so high, would have been the top performer on Wall Street when, in fact, it was clean energy. Now, in 2008, it got hit the hardest because it's still heavily reliant on subsidies. So, when you think of stimulus and Obama being Mr. Green, you know, now they're going to get the subsidies they need. So you might actually be able to find some undervalued plays out there. And definitely look at a green um, ETF that you can add to your, your nest egg. You know, again, it's only going to be one slice. You're not going to go all in on it, but it can be very helpful.
2: And your favorites there are the power shares, uh, Clean Energy and... Uh, um Clean technologies. Those are the two that you like. You so,
3: know, I've right? found that that PowerShares uh, clean energy portfolio to be very intelligent. They seem to have a good handle on their holdings, and they rebalance it and add things that are that are coming into favor, and you know, things that get overvalued, they, they take it off, or if there's problems. So I've i found it to be really good. And the one that um that I've that I've been looking at the most would be the PowerShares Wilderhill Clean Energy Portfolio, and that symbol in the U.S. is P B W Paul Boy William.
2: You pick a uh, in addition to stock per month. You do pick one for the year as well. Is that right?
3: Yeah. Last year it was a small company uh, called U S Gold, and it's run. It it's it's a junior mining company based out of Nevada, but it's run by the former chairman and CEO of Gold Corp. So he took a company from about five hundred million to over 30 billion in Canada and he's now got a company here in the US that has uh, what we would call great legs so uh, again it's very high risk because this is an exploration company it depends on how good his deposits turn out to be but this is the guy who invented open-source um, models for finding reserves and that's how he based you know went from that 500 million to the 30 billion they thought he was tapped out. He found the next gold mine, and we think we can, he can do it here again in Nevada. But it is high, high
2: risk. Very good. All right, we're going to come back. out. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest is Natalie Pace. Uh, her website is nataliepace.com, and we'll come back with plenty of good advice after this break. We'll be back after this.
4: Were you full of questions such as why, how, and what if? Did you allow yourself to be carefree, to dance and sing? Did you create just for fun? Want to feel that way again? Reclaim your natural curiosity and creativity with Dr. Carol Stalka on Stargazing Stories, sparking your creativity. Revitalize your life, work, and relationships. Be more playful. Be bold. Imagine, explore, and live more creatively every day. Tune in Wednesdays at 11 a.m. in the East, 8 a.m. in the West on 7th Wave Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: You've been listening to the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Natalie Pace, uh, who is a stock-picking expert. She's got a website called nataliepace.com. She has a new book out called You Versus Wall Street. Lots of great advice. Welcome back to the show, Natalie. Thank you. We were talking about the four hot industries that you're particularly interested in, one of them being uh, green uh, environmental kinds of things we talked about, Uh, the second one being lithium, as that helps hybrid and electric cars, Uh, the third one... Uh, you want to talk about was information technology. What what is the case for information technology, and what are some of the plays you like there?
3: Well, the cool thing is that what what everybody understands these days is that the money that's coming into companies is coming from Washington. It's not really coming from consumers right now. So when you think of uh, what's going to do well, you kind of have to have a handle on what the stimulus package is all about. And what the stimulus tax says it's all about, it says it's about green and creating clean energy jobs and also rebuilding America. But the code for that as well is actually the information highway. So when they talk about rebuilding America, they are as much talking about putting classrooms online, about uh, bringing some of these federal agencies up to date, up to speed, um, and also even their firewalls protected better. In the medical industry, which is another line item, so there's a big focus on education and also on healthcare, and that is a lot of automating. So again, we're all back to online. <laughs> and um, so when you when you look at this now, information technology was one of the top performers last year. Did you know it made almost sixty cents on the dollar?
2: The, the top it was, performers really did. So what are some of the particular plays you like uh, at you know, today's prices?
3: Well, again, a lot of things that you that I want to see people doing are in the in this day, not individual companies selecting the industry. So look around for your favorite exchange uh, traded fund that specializes in information technology, and this is a very popular exchange traded fund. So you can find it. You can you can find it uh, an S and P index fund that tracks it.
2: What would be your line. favorite ETF in information technology?
3: That one, I, I don't have a favorite because they all are performing right neck and neck.
2: Uh-huh, okay. And then uh, as far you, as individual companies, uh, in addition to the ETF, if you want to do a stock on steroid, what would be one or two favorites in the information technology area?
3: Well, we have had uh, Google and Apple on my list for quite a while, and I still think they're poised very, very well, but I don't like the prices right now. So that one would be something I would put on your uh, shopping list, you know, because... Sometimes we have a horrible day, and all of a sudden the prices that were, you know, out of reach are within reach. So uh, again, go to the Stocks on Steroids uh, list, which is my hot news on cool stocks list in the easing. It's always the second to the last article, and you'll find a number of information technology companies there. So the number one thing here is that should be a slice of your pie. Get an ETF. The number two thing is Google and Apple are great companies. They're going to be around for a while but buy them at the right price. Don't buy them at their
2: 52-week highs. And then your fourth hot industry is gold, or is it precious metals more generally, or just gold specifically?
3: I like gold. You know, we put the lithium in there, and that's not really a precious metal, but it is a, an emerging metal. <laughs> Oh, we love, it's an emerging element. So uh, make lithium a slice of the pie, and I'd make gold a slice of the pie. Look, these are where you're taking on, you know, you're hoping for higher performance there. And another key here to the, um, and, and some people say, oh, well, gold is already high. It's at $1,000 an ounce. When you adjust it, inflation adjusted, it's not as high as it was in 1980, even though it was only $800 an ounce in 1980 um that US gold chairman thinks that gold will go to five thousand dollars an ounce before it's over. But the key here about gold is that we're seeing governments buying it now. Because um, you know, there's too much like a lot of the foreign governments, China, Asia come to mind, have have a lot of US dollars already. They don't have enormous confidence in the Euro and they are diversifying into a little bit of gold. We saw big buying from the Indian government. So this will push gold this could push gold prices up. And if inflation comes back in, and you probably won't see that for the next 6 to 12 months, but once it does, um, you know, gold could be really hot. So, again, be patient with gold and don't buy too high, but it, it could be a slice of your pie. And there are plenty of gold ETFs or even gold indexes that you can track.
2: So is the basic case that the governments around the world are printing a lot of money and that's causing a potentially inflation down the road and people wanting to go to a hard asset? Is that the basic reason behind gold? it is
3: definitely an emotional uh an emotional metal you know there's no doubt about it and it is highly correlated with confidence i mean lack of confidence in currency so even though it doesn't make sense it it is an emotional thing i mean you uh, those of us that were around and i hate to admit that i was but those of us that were around in 1980 remember people selling gold out of their teeth do you remember that yeah we are not at that moment yet. When that kind of gold fever hits, where people really lose confidence, that's when you see the gold prices going crazy. And we're not there yet, not, in, not by a long shot.
2: Um, are you concerned in general I mean you're seeing what's happening in Europe right now, the euro falling because of the kind of debt implosions going on in Greece and Portugal and so on? Um, so lately, gold has been falling as the dollar has been rising as a, people have been going to the dollar as a safety uh, hedge as opposed to gold what what's going on there
3: well this is what i would say to people is that in the short it's a it's an old benjamin graham thing and that is that in the short term the markets are like a popularity contest in the long term it's all about fundamentals so i think that it's not really that healthy to try to figure out what happens in the short term cuz honestly It's got more to do with day-to-day popularity. Sometimes it can have to do with a television show. You can have an unhealthy company that someone decides on TV to talk about a lot, and um, you know we saw that with Bear Stearns and a very popular television host saying buy their stock two days before they were built, you know, basically bankrupt. So it's not a good idea. To follow headlines As if, if you're thinking about headlines you're, you're late if you're trying to buy you're late if you're trying to sell so the more important thing which is what you versus Wall Street is all about is education is learning how to act you can access all these numbers online with one click so you don't have to rely on a journalist's interpretation of what's going on you can construct the stock report card ask the four questions And in my e-zine, you can even get Nobel Prize winning economists telling you what's going on with the economy. That's a better idea.
2: In about a minute or so we have left, why don't you just give people again some idea of what they can find out about at your website and a little bit on your upcoming retreat.
3: Okay, so go to NataliePace.com and we'd love to have you April 1, 2, and 3 in Santa Monica, California for our Get Rich and Enrich Retreat. Now, I just would like to tell you a couple of the testimonials. About a year and a half ago, I had a group of actresses, they were really in trouble with a lot of their money. They had been suckered into some real estate in Florida, et cetera, et cetera. They came to a retreat, they turned their life around, and they formed an investment club. Their returns in the next twelve months, and that was during that recession, the market loads were so bad, sixty percent losses, they made forty seven percent gains in their first year. And I have to tell you, they didn't know how to spell prosperity before then. So um, this is a strategy that works. It doesn't matter if you're a novice or if you're uh, an options trader. I had an options trader come to the retreat. He learned my methods of evaluating stocks on steroids and a couple of other tax tricks that I taught him, and his gains were up 55% the first year. So people say, oh, well, how can you have an options trader next to somebody who doesn't even know how to spell prosperity? And the truth is, easy because everybody has their own thing they're working on they have their own computer it's Wi-Fi and they're learning a strategy they don't know so it's kind of cool the options trader can really um, help technically the person who doesn't know anything about stocks that person who doesn't know anything about stocks is a great shopper or consumer and their insights actually really pique the interest of the options traders. So right. it this really works. I have a, a lot of testimonials. A lot of them are listed at nataliepace.com under the Get Rich and Enrich banner ad, which is on the home page. Right, uh, we'd great. love to see you there.
2: All right, well, thanks so much, Natalie. It's been fascinating. We've covered a lot of different things. We've got a lot of good stock tips out there and a lot of different techniques. So we really appreciated it. Uh, again, my, my guest this hour has been Natalie Pace. Uh, her website is Uh Her new book is called You Versus Wall Street. Thanks so much for being on the show, Natalie.
3: Thank you, Jordan. It was a pleasure.
2: Thanks again. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Bye-bye for now.